people can say, oh, well, you 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 can't prosecute Joe Biden for uh, opening the border because that's not a campaign activity. That's an official activity. But what if I find a judge and I find a prosecutor who says he opened the border to help him win re-election, yep. to get more illegal aliens to vote? And he fought election integrity at DHS and DOJ as part of his conspiracy. So that's a RICO violation, it's a civil rights violation, and it's sedition. That's several hundred years in prison for those violations. And I have a judge and a prosecutor who also say, you go to jail, Mayorkas goes to jail, everyone in your administration goes to jail, and your immunity is a worthless piece of All right, folks, what a week. It's only Tuesday. You're here at the Sean Spicer Show, I think, because you want to know what's really going on. Luckily, we've got the perfect guest to tell you what's really going on today. Stephen Miller is joining us. He served all four years of the Trump administration as a senior advisor to the president. He obviously led his efforts on immigration and this border bill. Like what, what I, I just, I, I was really wanted to have Stephen on because I got to ask, I've been doing this a long time. And whenever you're doing something and frankly, it doesn't even matter if it's Washington or whatever, you kind of seek out groups and people that are key influencers or subject matter experts and say, hey, what I'm, I'm working on this. What do you think? I wanted to know, did these guys ever bounce this off Stephen or any of these key people in the MAGA movement to be like, if we're going to talk immigration, I need to know what you think. Because isn't that what you want to know? Like, I would be thinking if I'm going to do an immigration or border bill, I might want to get Stephen Miller's take on this. I don't think I have to take everything he says. I don't have to have him agree with anything. But I want to know, is he going to come out and blast us? Is President Trump going to blast us? I mean, why would you do it if you knew that it was going to blow up or that no one thought it was going to fix the problem? So I want to know what Stephen Miller knew. Did he get asked? Did he give feedback? That's what I would have done. And I'm just fascinated in this whole process because I can't believe how quickly this thing blew up. It's not going anywhere out of the Senate. They need 60 votes. And so far, I think the number is close to 25 of the Republican senators have said that they're not going to touch this thing and it's dead on arrival. The number three senator, Senator John Barrasso of Wyoming, has already said that he's not voting for it. So we'll see where the rest of these guys, but this has not gone well. I almost feel bad for, you know, I, I just don't get it though. I don't understand how you could work this hard and this long and not talk to the right people and bounce thing off of them. Because every time I hear something more come out about this, it sounds like it's a giveaway to, to the other side. What are we getting? to strengthen the border. Why are we hearing reports over and over again of people coming into this country illegally by the thousand, fentanyl, terrorists, whatever? To me, they should be compromising on everything. And it sounds like all they did was give everything to the folks on the left. So we've got a lot to get to. I wanna ask him about this brand new ruling that the court put out today, that Trump is not immune. And I think it's bad precedent going forward. And I wanna get his take on it. Does the Senate need new leadership? Because if this is the crap that they're serving us, don't you wonder why, why we're not having somebody that at least thinks like a conservative? Uh, and then, you know, would he work on this? But there is something that Stephen is going to touch on with respect to asylum laws. And folks, I'm going to tell you this. I, I had not heard this before. If you want to know about the Democrats' plan for more voters. The media says that this is ridiculous and the left says, no way. What he is about to tell us about asylum is going to blow your mind. It's a real plan to bring people in and make them citizens. This is not debatable. Under this bill, this is what 
would happen. So I, I, I want you to listen to this later this week. By the way, Victor Davis Hanson, Governor Mike Huckabee, will join us tomorrow. Uh, so much to break down in politics and obviously policy now. But do not miss what Stephen says about asylum and the Dems' plan to bring more voters in. Let's get to it with Stephen. Stephen, great to see you. Big news in D.C. And I know neither one of us have, have read it yet. I don't really know that it matters if I read it because I don't know what it means. But the breaking <laughs> news is coming out that Trump can't isn't immune. But I, I, what I don't get is I get that there's a difference between he can't necessarily commit murder, but there are certain acts that he would as president be immune from, as would anyone in their job, right? So, I mean, I, I assume the devil's in the detail with this ruling. Well, yes, as you mentioned, I haven't read it yet, but I can tell you right now that we've always understood this is going to go to the United States Supreme Court. The D.C. circuit, unfortunately, for a long time, has been a very left-wing circuit. Just like as we've learned over the last three years, for those who haven't followed it, the D.C. courts overall are extremely left-wing, including the district court judges. So it's not a surprise, it's a disappointment. The bottom line here in all of this is that a president is definitionally constitutionally immune when it comes to the execution of his office. Right. The reasons for this should be quite obvious. We've all heard the examples, but I'll run through a few of them. Uh, Obama killed a lot of people, including innocents, in drone strikes, killed an American citizen in a drone strike. Why couldn't he be prosecuted for felony murder? Joe Biden, for example, stole billions of dollars from Americans to illegally pay off student loans in a midterm gambit. Why couldn't he be prosecuted for literally grand larceny to the scale of hundreds of billions of dollars? Joe Biden also, of course, is responsible for the largest epidemic of child trafficking in human history. So it stands to reason that he could be prosecuted for several hundred thousand counts of child trafficking, which if you stack those sentences, would be about a million years behind bars. And the examples will go on and on and on. Hey folks, are you looking to secure your financial future? I know during the Biden economy, that's something that all of us are trying to do more. I've added precious metals to my investment strategy. And the people that I trust to do that are the folks at Bishop Gold Group. Now, if you go to bishopgoldgroup.com slash Sean, you can begin your journey as well with a special promotion. Or you can give them a call at 844-984-1616. These are the people that I picked up the phone. I called them. I walked through my particular situation. And we came up with a strategy. Now, maybe you have an IRA that you want to roll over. Maybe you just want to diversify your investments. But people at Bishop Gold Group are the people that I trust. Give them a call or go to the site, bishopgoldgroup.com slash Sean. You get on the phone, you talk about your particular situation, and they'll help you come up with a strategy. Maybe you keep some of the gold with you, maybe they do it for you, but you can work with them one-on-one to come up with a strategy that's good for you. So go to bishopgoldgroup.com slash Sean to begin your journey to financial freedom through precious metals. Now, I'm not a lawyer. You guys run America First Legal, but and that's why I was saying at the beginning, isn't the devil in the detail? Because what I have been told is that there's a difference between the actions you take as president, and you're absolutely right. I mean, a president orders military strikes, and they shouldn't be able to get sued because somebody was killed or weaponry was not used properly, right? We all get that. But at the same time, if Joe Biden or Barack Obama or Bill Clinton or George W. Bush or any president were to walk down the street and shoot somebody, that's not in the 
in the you know as a function of their job and they could still be prosecuted for murder is that not i mean that's how i'm understanding this and that the case therefore is saying what trump did was acting as a candidate not as a president right but the the absurd hypotheticals that have been brought up by the radical left you know for example what if a um what if a president just started ordering you know assassinations of innocent people and things yeah. of that nature um, are deliberate deflections and obfuscations because this isn't even, it's not even in the same stadium, it's not in the same city, it's not in the same galaxy, it's not even in the same universe. And so it's actually an attempt to fog and cloud the debate. There's no reason to even entertain those hypotheticals. Because if you remember what we're talking about here, what we are talking about is the Electoral Count Act is a law passed by Congress, which stipulates and details the process and procedure for counting electoral votes and raising objections. And I would note, the people who wrote that law in the 19th century would not have created the process for raising objections if it was illegal to raise those objections. By definition, that process is a legal process. So before we even get to the question of, of immunity, you're talking about raising objections within the context of a law that was passed and has been on the books for over 100 years. Then the question that follows from that is, is it a duty of the federal government if it believes that federal election laws have been violated or federal constitution has been violated, which as you know, Sean, was, was the core issue at the heart of almost all of these objections, right? That states that engage in behavior that violated both federal election law as well as violated the US constitution and other examples of illegal behavior. By definition, it's the president's duty to take care of the laws be faithfully executed. Who prosecutes voter fraud? The Department of Justice. Who runs the Department of Justice? The president. So even if, so if, a, if, a, if a Democrat says, we don't agree with the claims, we think this should have been handled differently, we don't think it should have been evolved, those are all matters of opinion on their part. There's nothing to criminalize. Right, so this would be this would be the core example of exactly why the immunity exists, because this falls clearly not even it's not even on the outer bounds. It falls smack in the dead center of the exercise of presidential duties. And again, if people disagree with it, then they have remedies that are non-criminal. For example, right. you can vote for somebody else. You can run a different candidate. You can raise awareness. You can start a C three or a C four or a super PAC. There's all kinds of remedies in our democratic system if you have a different view. This is very clearly, very straightforwardly an effort to criminalize political dissent, specifically what they're trying to criminalize here. And we've seen this, Sean, now. We see it in Georgia. We see it in the federal cases. We see it with efforts to disbar conservative lawyers. What we see is an effort to criminalize any right of center criticism of the administration of our elections. And we are, we, are, we are entering a very dark, brave new world where left-wing prosecutors can incarcerate Americans up to and including the president for raising objections. So while it would be interesting in a law school class to talk about some of these extremely outlandish hypotheticals, it's unnecessary. The electoral conduct of federal law, objections raised to it are a federal responsibility. Every congressperson raising objections was acting in their duties, and the president, by the exact same token, is acting in his duties. 
And so I hope and pray the Supreme Court sees wisdom here, or as President Trump has said, we will indeed enter a new world where presidents will be routinely indicted and prosecuted for all manner of conduct while they're in office, disabling the presidency permanently. All right, folks, if you've been watching the show for a while, you've heard me talk about my friend Leo Grillo. He rescued a Doberman years ago, and he named the dog Delta. Delta stands for Dedication and Everlasting Love to Animals. He took it a step further. He founded Delta Rescue, and if you go to deltarescue.org, you can see some of the amazing work that they do. Just check out those videos. Look at some of the things that they do and the research. It's amazing. It's a no-kill sanctuary. You notice I didn't say shelter. It's a sanctuary. Dogs, cats, horses. They all roam free. They get the nutrition and the care they need for life. That has been Leo's mission, but it doesn't stop there. Leo wants to make this an enduring mission. All of Delta Rescue runs on our contributions, five, 10, a hundred, a thousand dollars, whatever you can do. But Leo really wants to make sure that this outlasts even him. So if you go to deltarescue.org, you can check out not just the videos, but go to the estate planning kit and think about whether or not helping animals and ensuring that Delta Rescue lives on is part of your mission as well. Go to deltarescue.org, make a contribution, but then download that estate planning kit, deltarescue.org. Check it out now. What these folks on the left don't completely understand is that while they're going against Trump right now, they're hurting any future ability of someone of their party to act freely. And that's where I think that sometimes they are so short-sighted in their efforts to get Trump that they don't realize the long-term consequences that they're putting on, on our judicial system and on our democracy. But Stephen, you touched on something that wasn't where I wanted to go right away, because obviously I do want to get to the border, which is really your wheelhouse. Um, but I get asked all the time, and I guarantee you do too, about the election. And one of the things that when I tell people is where I had the biggest problems were states like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, that didn't follow the law. Their state constitutions, their voting regulations were clear about the uses of early voting, drop boxes, et cetera. And they just blatantly didn't follow it. And so what what is being done either by America First Legal that you guys lead uh, or any other efforts that you're aware of to make sure, first and foremost, that these states, Nevada, Georgia, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, follow the laws and don't use some crazy excuse to switch the rules in the middle of the game. Yes, well, first of all, this really underscores the preposterousness of the whole situation, as you mentioned. Multiple states using COVID as a pretext yes. violated their own state election procedures and instead of doing also violated the constitutional requirement that state legislatures establish those procedures. In other words, the Secretary of State just because they're a Democrat, doesn't get to say state law no longer applies. I'm making new rules. Multiple states, including Wisconsin, as an example, engage in black letter violations of state law. And so, again, there, instead of... Instead but of but also, I, I noted this on the show the other day. You guys at America First Legal, through your efforts, uncovered what the cybersecurity... Yes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, CISA uh, at DHS. CISA. Right. And I, I, I told you on the air, like, you guys posted that and they, they knew that voting was safe and they knew that calling people who, who raised concerns were spreading of purveyors of disinformation, but it was you guys that found that out. Correct. CISA, which is the cybersecurity division of DHS, CISA, 
they engage in, in censorship of Americans who raise questions about mass mail voting while knowing and documenting in writing that mass mail voting is not secure and has many, many security risks, which of course to the left is the feature, not the bug. But, but just to show how upside down our whole system is, instead of DOJ pursuing violation of civil rights claims, election interference claims, voter fraud claims against the Democrat officials who we readily acknowledge and no one disputes, violated the plain laws of their states. And that's and the Constitution of the United States. They have now instead used the entire power of the state to prosecute President Trump, according to the indictment, for pursuing legal objections to the same. That's the maddening world in which we are living. My organization, you know, is a nonpartisan nonprofit. We, of course, do pursue uh, election cases where there are civil rights and other issues at play. A lot of these issues in these states are also going to have to be dealt with by the state parties. And it's really, in many cases, the, the injured party who's going to obviously have standing right away is going to be, you know, the state GOP of Wisconsin, or the state GOP of Pennsylvania, or the candidates uh, on the ballot. And it's really important if you care about election integrity and election security, and we're going to keep, of course, exposing everything that we can within our ambit. But if you care about election integrity, it's important to understand that you really need to file election challenges uh, as soon as you possibly yes. can. And I would yep. really encourage all of the people who care about that to talk to their local officials and make sure that that's happening. And again, we, within our nonpartisan uh, mission, we'll do whatever we can to ensure safe and secure elections. But I do want to say one more thing. I don't want to, obviously want to get to the border, but I do want to say one more thing on this. The, um, the whole point, the whole point of having an immunity is so that when there is a disagreement, whether real or fake, it doesn't matter because there is an immunity. An immunity that only applies, Sean, when both sides agree, isn't an immunity. Right. It is nothing. It means nothing. And so people can say, oh, well, you, you, you can't prosecute um, Joe Biden for uh, opening the border because that's not a campaign activity. That's an official activity. Okay, well, what if I find a judge and I find a prosecutor who says he opened the border to help him win re-election, yep. to get more illegal aliens to vote? And he fought election integrity at DHS and DOJ as part of his conspiracy. So that's a RICO violation. That's a civil rights violation. And it's sedition. That's several hundred years in prison for those violations. It doesn't matter if you say to me, oh, I think it's an official act. I'm saying to you, it's not. And I have a judge and a prosecutor who also say it's not. You go to jail. Mayorkas goes to jail. Everyone in your administration goes to jail. And your immunity is a worthless piece. So, of so why don't we look? Here's my question, and I, I like I, I feel like I love this conversation, but I, but this is so good. Why don't you're absolutely right, Stephen? Why don't first of all, I want to say this: the point that you made about documenting things at the polls, people have got to understand that if you say something, not just do something, but document it, take a picture, write it down, because. It's, after the fact, I was at the RNC for six years. People would tell us a story about, great, did you, did you have a photo of it? Did you tell the guy? No, I just, that doesn't do any good. You've got to document, and I can't underscore enough what you just said to folks. But secondly, the, why don't we play by their rules? Why don't we say, fine, you don't think there's immunity? Let's go. Well, because, because we are, to get philosophical for a second, the downfall of conservatives, and by extension, the republic, 
is that we are so wed to a system that has long ago been turned against us. Yeah. We, we put our faith in the idea of independent prosecutors, independent juries, nonpartisan justice system. And so if we just continue to act like it's 1965, everything will sort itself out. That is a fantasy. The, the radical left has changed the rules of the game. They've put their people in every prosecutor's office. They have conditioned juries in places like New York City yeah. to convict anyone with an R next to their name. They have conditioned juries in D.C. to do the same. They have installed people on the courts. I mean, you know, you've followed the judiciary for years. They, the people they put on the bench are wide-eyed communists. I mean, just lunatics they put on the bench. The, the people they put on the bench, you would not trust to mediate a preschool dispute between two children fighting over a toy. Right. And these are people who have life and death power. So if we don't get real, to put it very bluntly, if you don't want them to put every Republican in jail for the rest of our lives, for every official act they disagree with, you better start prosecuting Democrats. And here's yes. the most important distinction of all. The things I listed, Sean, what they're doing are some of the most immoral and atrocious policy actions we've seen in our entire lives, like child trafficking, whereas they're prosecuting people because they filed a brief that they didn't like, or right. they called the lawmaker and said, can you hold a special session to ensure that we do signature matching? They're putting people in jail, Sean, for saying, I would like to verify the signatures on these ballots. I'm like, that's it, you're going straight to jail. That yeah. is the world we're living in now. Hey guys, uh, as a former White House press secretary and a graduate of the US Naval War College, I spent a lot of time thinking through contingency planning and there's nothing better that you can do for yourself and your family and your loved ones than getting the Patriot Power Generator 2000X. When something goes wrong, a natural disaster, some other thing that attacks our power grid, you will be prepared. The Patriot Generator 2000X is the perfect thing for your house, your family. You can plug in everything, a refrigerator, so if you have medical supplies or food, you will be prepared. All of those other tablets and computers, things that are helpful for you and your family, the Patriot Power Generator 2000X takes care of it. The best part about it is it's portable. You can bring it in your house. You can take it with you on a trip, run it out of your car at a campsite. It doesn't matter. Put it literally in your house and on the counter and power the fridge. You can do it. Plus, it operates off a solar panel which comes free with your order. You will be prepared. No running to the gas station, no worrying about anything else. The Patriot Power Generator 2000X is your hedge against the inevitable. Go to fourpatriots.com slash Spicer to get yours now. Let's get to the border because we only have so much time and this is why I, I wanted to- Getting my really... blood pressure too high, Sean, this early. I oh. need to <laughs> take it down. <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble here. All right, so- <laughs> You, uh, you are very, uh, I, I have to clear this up because I don't know where you stand on the border. Let me lead people to read this quote from you. Uh, you called it one of the worst bills that we have seen in a long time. It's not tough and it's only fair to smugglers and cartels who will continue to profit off the disaster Biden created. I, so it's unclear where you stand on this right here. <laughs> and I'm hoping we can clear this up. So does that mean you're against it? <laughs> Sean, I am surprised by little in Washington these days. I was actually stunned by how horrible this bill was. I mean, I've read a lot of immigration bills over the years. Uh, it's something of a pastime of mine, Sean. Yes, I'm aware. <laughs> I've read, and I should underscore, just so uh, we alluded to it earlier, um, the, I'm not myself an attorney. Um, I run a legal nonprofit, 
but I've devoted years of my life to studying immigration, years and years of my life studying immigration and studying immigration bills. And this bill is spectacularly awful. I'll just give a couple quick examples, just a couple quick ones that will prove the point. Under current federal law, the way that you get asylum is you have to go through an immigration court procedure that's run by DOJ. And immigration judges, they're not the best in the world, but they're not the worst either. And they're pretty skeptical. They're pretty well-trained in the main. And they understand that most of what they're hearing from aliens most of the time is BS. They have pretty low grant rates for asylum overall. The most radical lefties of lefties in the whole government are the asylum caseworkers at USCIS. So inside DHS, there's a branch called Citizenship and Immigration Services. They do a lot of things, but one of them is uh, they interview illegal aliens to see if they get permission to go into the asylum system. That's all they do. They give you a green light, red light to get into the process of seeking asylum. This bill, and I'm sorry if this got a little bit technical, but this bill gives the commies inside DHS who answer only to Mayorkas and nobody else the power to look at an illegal alien, put their finger up in the air and say, you know what? You get asylum. It gives them the ability to instantly grant asylum to illegal aliens. No court. And most people don't know court. And most people don't know what asylum means because we only, we only talk about the first part. We talk about the cheating. They say the magic words to get in. We don't talk about the second part. If you actually get asylum, you are on a expedited path to citizenship. Five years from the date you get asylum, you'll be a U.S. citizen. Really? Very few no. people know that. Wow. So this, this bill is actually a Trojan horse to get illegal aliens asylum. And so the other four Can I just, pages, can I ask one thing to clear yeah. up? I, and, I'm, and I'm being, yes. I just want to make yeah. sure, because I've been saying this for a long time, that this is all a plan to get these people in. And we hear from the media and the left, that's a lie, that's a talking point, that's disinformation. Is there any dispute if I got one of those commies that you're talking about and said, Stephen yeah. Miller says that you people under this bill would be able to decide without yeah. a court or anyone else whether or not they you got asylum and therefore five years from now you're a citizen. Does anybody dispute what you just said? No. Okay. No, they don't. I've not heard anyone dispute that. No, my point hey. is that's not an interpretation. That's that's a fact. No, in fact, the um, on our uh, on our X account, um, which is uh, at America First Legal, we uh, posted the exact portion, screenshot the exact. All right, let's put it up. We'll put it up. That says it in black and white letters. It's actually not ambiguous. Some of the bill is hard to understand. That actual paragraph where it says the asylum officer can approve a final asylum grant is pretty straightforward. And this has been, and I know because I follow these things, this has been one of the top demands from the open borders crowd for a long time. This isn't come out of thin air. So when we read it, we weren't like, oh, I wonder who thought of this idea. It was more, oh, I can't believe they put in the thing they've been wanting to do for so long. So, so can I just uh, look? Uh, this is the thing that I was gonna, I was thinking of as I. Um, was getting ready to sit down with you. If I am Jim Lankford or the Republican staff, and I know that this has been a big issue for Stephen Miller, and I know that this is a huge issue for President Trump, like any other interest group or outside people, I would pick up the phone, right? And I'd say, hey, Stephen, this is where we are at the bill. I wanted to bounce this off you. What do you think, right? I mean, I we've all done this in our in our lives because you want to go out and find out the leaders in the field, and you say, hey, just how do you, what, what's your, I want to take your temperature on this. Did you ever at any point have any outreach from the crafters of this to say, or, or do you know if President Trump did, because it doesn't sound, I mean, Langford doesn't sound like he talked to Trump, but 
I would have called you and just said, Stephen, I'm not asking for your blessing, but I need to know what you think of X, Y, and Z in this bill. Well, actually, Senator um, Langford, um, I think, reached out to a number of groups. Uh, and I know he did, in fact, reach out to ours. But that's different, Sean, from actually sharing, which is what they do on the Democrat side, uh, actually sharing the text of these controversial provisions and saying, what will this do and what won't it do? I think the whole shock here for everybody was that, well, we were having a public conversation about this uh, emergency break in the bill. Unbeknownst to everybody, the bill contained hundreds of pages of giveaways to illegal aliens, illegal alien lobbies, illegal alien lawyers, and to Biden and Mallorcans. That's why the reaction to it was so vociferous. It's that we were having this narrow little conversation. The whole public was having this narrow little conversation about this emergency break, and should it be 5,000 or 4,000, or obviously we would like it to be zero. And unbeknownst to the whole country, but the people working on this bill, it was actually, as I mentioned, a Trojan horse for every single Democrat immigration wish list, all stuffed into it, that in every single way would make the border crisis worse, not just now, but forever. And I gave one example, but, but just as one other quick one, is that it completely guts the now famous statute, Title 42. And so the Title 42 statute is far, far superior to its rewrite in this bill. It would actually vastly eliminate the discretion a future president like President Trump would have to expel illegal aliens. And there's example after example after example like in the bill. So I don't, I don't think this is an issue of uh, did the Republican authors uh, pick up the phone and call groups. I think the issue is that there were 99% of this bill that was kept a secret from everybody uh, that resulted in the single worst rollout of an immigration bill in the history of the country. Like I've never seen in my life a bill go out but within 10 minutes, people open it up and be like, holy crap, every page of this is a flaming pile of garbage. But that's what, see, I, okay, so I, I should have probably clarified. There's a difference between reaching out and just say, hey, give us your input. But no one bounced this stuff off you because I got it. I mean, the, 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 the response, as you put it accurately, was resoundingly rejecting of it. And yet I can't understand how you could think you could craft a bill like this <laughs> without bouncing it off the key players and, and saying, hey, this is what we think we're going with. How are you going to- Anybody, some of the language we're talking about, I mean, and there's and pages and pages of it, but just the examples we talked about, someone has shown that to anybody. Uh, anybody, not even in the, where I am on immigration, anybody even just sort of in like a little bit to the center of our- uh, of the issue. Anybody just not on the left would, would look at any of that language and said it's a non-starter. So is it worse to keep the current system in place and hope for a President Trump win or pass this bill and, and, and according to some Republicans, make it a little bit better? Or is it, much worse. is it that bad? Is it that bad? much worse than current law. Okay. I, would, um, I would say without even a trace of hesitation. But let me ask you this. This is what I found surprising well, is Brandon Judd, who I've always thought was a hardcore uh, on the border, uh, he wrote that this alone will drop the illegal border crossings nationwide, will allow our agents to get back to detecting and apprehending those who want to cross our borders legally and evade apprehension. So this is the Border Patrol Union, which was highly supportive of President Trump. And I've always thought these guys were hardcore, came out and basically said, yeah, OK, it's not great, but it's better than nothing. Well, what I would say to that is. Um the Border Patrol Union has always been a bipartisan union. They have a diverse membership. They've supported Democrats and Republicans. 
Um, they're not party line conservative. They're not party line right wing. They're certainly not party line Republican. And so I think sometimes it surprises people when they take a position in the Democrat camp because they, just from watching them and their support for President Trump, they never supported um, a Republican candidate for president ever before. So I think a lot wow. of times the shock value comes from people thinking like, oh, they're, they're where we are on these issues. When in reality, it's a union that has uh, a pretty ideologically diverse makeup. And so sometimes they will do things like, for example, um, they endorsed John Tester uh, last time he ran. They'll do things sometimes that will surprise people who, unlike me, maybe don't follow like all the ins and outs of Border Patrol union politics. Okay. Um, I, I saw this segment on 60 Minutes. And frankly, I was shocked to sound like President Trump uh, because it was so, I, I just thought this was going to be a gloss over. And they're showing these Chinese illegals coming through this gap in California by the thousands. And they showed that there's a TikTok video with instructions in Chinese and how to do it. Uh, they're, they're carrying suitcases like they're boarding a cruise ship. Uh, going through this gap, the border patrol says there's nothing they can do. There's a dude with a gun there. And then instead of like telling them to stop, they process them. Just explain to people, why can't we stop people at these gaps and just say, you can't come in here. This isn't a port of entry. Well, of course you can. I mean, this is the whole point, right? Which is so why- you can't, they, Wait, wait, uh, you can't. You're saying you can, right? Oh, absolutely. So there's, there's so much. We're going to have to have me back on to do and ask me anything on immigration. Yeah. We'll do AMA on immigration, but the, um, the, there's a mythology that if you put a pinky toe on U.S. soil, you have the right to demand asylum. That's Cubans. That, that's, yes, that's a complete mythology. That's, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a remnant of people's understanding of the uh, Cuban uh, boat refugees. So you would absolutely have, other, if that was actually true, if, what, if that myth was actually true, that would mean if an illegal alien comes up to the border wall, thrust their hand through it, you'd have to cut a hole in it and pull them in to give them a hearing, right? If that was actually true. The, uh, until, you, until you are actually fully admitted to the United States, you don't have a right to apply for or demand anything at all. Border Patrol in its mission, DHS in its founding charter, the 2003 Homeland Security Act, has the right to defend and guard its borders, which under any rational construal means you can physically impede the entry of people through barriers and through hands. You can block somebody. And if somebody tries to stop you from blocking their entry, you can prosecute them for a variety of crimes, including, of course, resisting arrest, felony assault, whatever the case may be. I would also note that in, these, um, in any of these areas where there's these gaps, you could call the DOD and stuff it to the nines with razor wire in an hour flat and nobody's getting through anything. So right. in the Trump administration, we would always go and put up concertina razor wire anywhere there's any concerns about somebody coming through anything at all. And one more point on this is that even withstanding all of that, if you wanted to, and someone still gets through and you can't push them back, you're not able to, whatever it is, you still just take them and throw them back through uh, the deportation process. You still don't have to admit them into the country. Right. Well, it's funny. I mean, this is a policy this, choice by Joe Biden. This clip on 60 Minutes, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm not a big fan of, of highlighting 60 Minutes or CBS, <laughs> but it was unbelievable. This is private land. The guy at one point shot his shotgun straight up in the air because people were lighting fires and all this stuff and t ripping down his tent, and they arrested him. They arrested him. 
on his own property for firing his gun in the air. And they're saying, is there anything you can do? When he called, they told him he should call Washington. When he did, they said, yeah, it's on the list. But it's just, I mean, there's literally videos showing people how to come in and the Border Patrol agent is standing there and CBS was saying there's nothing that he can do according to his superiors. Whereas my answer was to your point, why don't you guys just lace that up and make it very difficult to get back in? But it was, it's just, you realize these people are coming in, they're dropping, they're dropping their travel documents, literally as they push their way into the United States of America. And there's apparently nothing we can do. Can I, can I, let me put it to you this way. When President Biden says that he needs new legislation to do this, is he telling the truth? No, of course. It's an abject lie. And just to sum this all up, Joe Biden issued all the orders, opening the border. He can terminate all the orders and reclose the border by putting Trump's policies back in place. The whole discussion of legislation was always in the context of, can we force Joe Biden to reimplement Trump's policies? That was the only context in which it ever made sense, right? In other words, right. he terminated Trump's policies. Can we pass a law over his objections, making him re-implement them? That was the only question that was ever on the table. That's why the whole Senate bill turned out to be such a monstrosity. Instead of ordering Biden to reinstate Remain in Mexico, reinstate safe thirds, reinstate the Trump deportation plans, reinstate prosecutions, instead it was, here's a thousand new ways illegal aliens can get into the country. And to your earlier point, if any of that language had just been shown and clear with people who are knowledgeable about these issues, it all would have been killed in the cradle. We're not even standing here today. I See, that's why I was asking, because I think that exactly. All right, we're getting down. I know your time is tight. I want to ask you just a quick bunch of rapid fire questions. It, Mike Lee brought this up. Do we need new leadership in the Senate? Yes. Okay. Number two, second Trump administration, Trump wins. He asked you to come back and serve. Are, are you? Is this something that you're open to doing? I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It was the honor of my life to serve in the first term, and it'll be the honor of my life to serve in the second. Do you have a job? If he could say, if he said, Stephen, what would you like to do? What would you like to do? My answer to him would be, I will serve, sir, wherever you need me. Well, he says, Stephen, you know this better than I do. Uh, what, what's the best he would not. He wouldn't he would say it that way, Sean. <laughs> I know um, that. The, no. Um, if, he asked me to, if he asked me to serve, I would serve in whatever position he felt would be most useful to achieving his objectives. It would be my profound privilege to do so. So what if he calls you right now and says, hey, before I get there, I'm trying to figure out who to be the vice president. What do you think? Kellyanne Conway says it should be a person of color. President Trump will pick the most qualified person for the job, and he will have exceptional judgment of who that should be. I do think that Sean Spicer should be on the short list, but uh, we'll see I am on, I, I look, I'm five, six. So I'm on the short list. I'm just not on his <laughs> yeah. short list. There's a big difference which short list you're getting to. Um, last question I'll ask you is the president over the weekend, you were a, a critical part of that 2015, 16 campaign. The president this weekend said that he thinks there'll be changes needed at the RNC. What do you think needs to get done there? So I'm not, I didn't ask him, so I haven't been briefed on exactly what he was thinking, but I would assume a big part of that, at least, has to be matching, ultimately exceeding the Democrats' ballot harvesting operation. I'd have to imagine that, you know, the way that, the way that I always put it is, where you can change the law to make it secure, make it secure. Where you can file a lawsuit to fix an illegality, file the lawsuit. But where all else has failed and the rules have been broken and they cannot be altered, then you must beat them at their own game. 
Okay. Stephen Miller, I do want to have you back because I think I, I beyond the AMA thing, the ask you anything, <laughs> I want to get to all the great work that America First Legal is doing because there's a lot Thank of great you. cases that you guys are spearheading. Uh, I talked at the, uh, I'll talk a little bit about what you guys did for me. But I'm thank just you glad for- that America could see in a recorded fashion, how agitated you succeed in getting me, which was almost always behind closed doors. <laughs> All right. Don't let your wife watch this then. Anyway, <laughs> Stephen Miller, thanks for being with us. I appreciate it. Thank you. God bless. All right. I, I cannot... I said this at the beginning. I cannot overemphasize all the talk. You've heard me say this before. This is a plan. They want to bring people into this country. DACA, they become, they give them the permanency. And then they say, oh, here's a path to citizenship. What Stephen said blew my mind. Forget DACA. They want to allow these people to be granted asylum. And then what happens after asylum? Five years to citizenship. You heard him say that. Not debatable. That's the plan. No wonder they're all happy. No wonder President Biden says, sign it right away. I'll sign it. Of course he will. They're so giddy about this. What a bunch of suckers. You know, the media loves to say Republicans are against this because President Trump said so and because it's an election. No, 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 no. Let's just stop. We're against it because it sucks. It sucks. It will hurt our country. It will give them a permanent majority. There's no border anymore. Watch this tape from six, I mean, from 60 Minutes that I referenced. Literally thousands are pouring in and even 60 Minutes, this is not our friend, is literally freaking out about how many people are coming in from China. They're taking planes over. This is like, the, they look like they're getting onto the, to a cruise ship, to a carnival cruise. Oh, here's my baggage. And when they walk in, they're putting their, lug, their, their documents down. This is a joke. After 9-11, we said we'd never forget, and this is how we, re- we act, letting people just walk through the border willy-nilly, carting their bag like they're going on vacation. People are bringing in fentanyl. They're trafficking people. I don't care what you care about. Do you care about children and women? Because then you should care about a secure border. Do you care about drugs coming to the country? Because then you should care. Do you care about safety and security? Because then you should care. There's no reason. If you are the biggest leftist humanitarian human rights person, then you should care about not having a secure border. They're not going through ports of entry. This is illegal. This asylum thing is a joke and a talking point on the left. We have ports of entry and we have laws and processes. You don't just get to come in where you want, when you want, because a TikTok app showed you how to do it or a video on TikTok. What a joke. Don't let Dems tell you they care about this. Did you see the video of the dude in New York giving the finger after he beat up cops? And what does the DA, Alvin Bragg, say? Oh, I couldn't do anything. The mayor there complains. These guys created this problem. They declared themselves sanctuary cities, and then they wanted to defund the police. And they want to know why these cities are what they are and why millions of people. New York City is giving people homes in in these hotels, three squares a day millions of dollars in gift cards and phones. What the heck's going on? By the way, I did mention to Stephen, I, I, it was a shame and I hope to have him back again because the work that America First Legal is doing is fantastic. When I was removed from the US Naval Academy board, it was America First Legal that stepped up and said, we will take your case and sue the Biden administration because this is wrong. 
And if you go to their website, America First Legal, you'll see all of the cases that they're doing. It's amazing work because if we don't fight back, then this is what happens. And here's the thing. When Biden decided to remove me and everyone else that Trump appointed to these things for the first time in history, it was America First Legal that stepped up and said, we'll take that case. Because if they don't fight back, they win. That's what we need to remember. If you don't fight back, they win. And we've got to start doing that more. As I said, uh, tomorrow, Governor Mike Huckabee is on the show. Victor Davis Hanson will be here later in the week. And we've got an amazing panel coming your way on Thursday. So obviously, please subscribe. Hit that notification button. Go to Apple and Spotify. Make sure you're subscribing to the show. It's so helpful to this effort, to our sponsors, to our growth, to subscribe. Hit the notification button. Feel free to text me, 571-441-4991. And obviously, join that VIP group, seanspicershow.com slash VIP. We do weekly chats, send you exclusive content. Thanks for everything that you do, all your support of the show. We'll see you back here tomorrow on the Sean Spicer Show.